pandemic should have hopefully revealed to us just how important our health is. If anything, it should have brought to our attention just how little importance we place on health on a personal, local, national and even global scale. Nobody was prepared for the current reality and that is a common thing with us in health. We don't really give it much thought until it's a concern that slaps us in the face or God forbid until we're already sick or until a loved one is diagnosed with something severe. Furthermore, since health isn't a huge concern for us, neither are preventative measures that help us keep our health in check. Now, our society has become accustomed to excess and gluttony. We overeat, we become more and more lazy as new technology develops. We overconsume alcohol, drugs, smokes, vapes, food, hell, anything that tastes or is remotely decent. Basically, anything that helps us escape reality just for a little bit. We don't sleep right. We don't take care of our emotional, spiritual and psychological needs. We don't move enough and we simply just don't know enough or don't pay attention until it's absolutely necessary. Now, I'm speaking for the vast majority here. There are some superhumans amongst us. Um, (laughs) But just a question for all of you, like how many of you guys go for regular checkups? How many of you watch closely what you eat, monitor your sleep, exercise regularly, do some or any inner work and truly take care of your mental and physical well-being? Some of us try, but if we're truly honest, it's nowhere near enough because most people just don't care. That's the sad truth. Now, it's not just us. On a global scale, the world spent the first 10 years of this century concerned about the threat of terrorism. As a result, our airports and our border security drastically changed after September 11. All focus went into that. And even in this last decade, with the Middle East still in turmoil, the rise of ISIS, the refugee crisis, poverty, race issues, uh, you name it, everything took priority over health security. Now, not to say that these issues aren't important, they are, some are well managed, some aren't, but they have all had more attention than health security, which is why when this virus came as one big blow, no one country could handle it adequately, you know, some did better than others and whatnot, but it's all pretty questionable at this stage. One thing that became clearer than ever during this time was that the health systems that we have in place are all about disease and disease treatment with absolutely no regard for prevention or holistic health whatsoever. You know, we have this infectious disease model of medicine that is practiced in the Western world um, where we have we, we give importance to symptoms, disease diagnosis and medical treatment. That's it. Everything centers on those three things. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I find that pretty concerning. Like, are we supposed to just wait around and carry on blissfully until the next big thing happens and then boom, freak out mode run inside and wait for the treatment to bless us with its presence you know once they've invested enough money to research it and actually get on top of it um you know it's been more than 18 months into this whole thing and the fear driven hysteria still thrives with no mention of encouraging people to look after their health and immunity not just during a pandemic but in you know everyday life now, some would say that this alone might not be enough to help with COVID but, or any other, you know, severe diseases. But uh, I think it's pretty obvious that for the majority of people, if your immune system is already compromised, you will struggle 
with any infectious disease or any disease at all, you know. Um, so why not try and build up the immunity and achieve optimum health or at least work towards it and have that as a goal that you take seriously, you know. I'm not a scientist and I'm not a doctor, but since every Tom, Dick and Harry today require to have a label of some sort for your opinion to count, um, I'm a political and social scientist. So this will be an opinion piece. And if you don't really want to listen, that's cool. Um, I'm not here to give medical advice. And if you have any medical concerns or illnesses or whatever it is, um, please consult your GP or necessary specialist. My advice here is to put effort into your overall holistic health as you're the main person responsible for it. Also, don't just take one opinion and treat it as the gold standard. Um, You know, shop around, get a few and decide what is best for you. Now, ironically, we tend to think that medicine is this one exact science, but there are thousands upon thousands of medical conditions, often with overlapping symptoms, which make it very challenging for doctors to accurately diagnose. You know, take something as simple as having a headache. It could be a symptom for dehydration. Maybe it's caffeine withdrawal, um, but it's also a symptom for something like a brain tumour, like I know that's fucking extreme in diagnosis, but you get my point, right? It's the same symptom and it could be any one of these things. So, you know, it's no, I mean, it doesn't blow my mind that doctors get things wrong or accidentally misdiagnose. And that's not to say to disregard their advice, but you have to be aware that you are the most important participant in managing your health. Your health is your responsibility. And if you sit back and put absolutely no effort in, you can't just expect your doctor to go in and fix everything with meds. Now, I'm going to go into a little personal story. Um, I've had a few really shitty experiences with doctors, but I'm only going to refer to the most recent. So at the beginning of 2020, I was returning from Dubai and I got really, really sick. I'm actually convinced that this was COVID, but no one was testing for it at the time. It just started getting traction and... Yeah, I basically landed in Sydney with a little cough and within a few hours, I actually couldn't breathe. I felt like my lungs were collapsing on me. It was the most insane, intense cough. Like I've never had anything like it and I've never had any respiratory issues in my life. I ended up sleeping upright on the couch for a whole week because I couldn't lay down. I'd literally start choking from the cough. I was weak as hell, had a fever for the first couple of days and spent like two solid weeks struggling. On day two of all this, I ended up booking an appointment with my doctor, um, walked in and he literally looked at me, asked me to tell him my symptoms. Um, didn't bother checking my breathing, my chest, my temperature, my throat, nothing. Literally sat across the table with, mm-hmm, yep. Yeah, everyone seems to be having these symptoms. There must be something going around. Yeah, here are your antibiotics. That should be it. Didn't check me at all. I walked out like... What the fuck? But anyway, whatever. I was desperate. I grabbed that antibiotic and went straight home. The antibiotic didn't work. No shit because antibiotics don't treat viruses. Anyway, since my mum picked me up from the airport and I was with her for the first few hours, um, she and everyone else got sick. We all had the same symptoms, all struggled for two weeks and um, we ended up resorting to rest and homemade remedies and managed to scrape out okay, luckily. But anyway, there was a problem. Like my chest was problematic for months after. If I tried to run or train, I'd struggle. 
if I was given a different treatment, could this have maybe prolonged the, uh, sorry, avoided the prolonged struggle? Possibly. Um, Should I have gone for other opinions? Probably yes. But I didn't. And anyway, reading all this shit recently, I thought maybe, shit, maybe I did have COVID and maybe I struggled with the effects of long COVID or whatever they refer to it as. But my point with all of this is that my doctor barely checked me. He dismissed me and gave me the wrong treatment. Um, What did I get out of it? Well, a waste of bloody time. And I felt worse after I finished that antibiotic because that too would have attacked my immunity. Anyway, my point. Back to my point. Um, Doctors are technicians operating according to a script. That's something we need to remember. They're not trained pharmacists, so their knowledge of pharmacology is basic at best, which means they won't always prescribe the best or most efficient solutions or treatment. It's not that fucking simple. There's a lot that goes into it. Now, this is in no way an attack on doctors, and there are so many great ones out there. But there are also so many lazy and terrible doctors, just like people in any other profession. And I don't want just any doctor. I want a good doctor, someone that I feel comfortable with and someone that I will trust to look after me when shit hits the fan. This year, I found a good one. Um, She's been an absolute angel. And so far, um, I couldn't be happier with her. She takes so much care checks everything thoroughly, describes everything in so much detail. She even goes to the extent of like printing things out for me so I can take them home and read them. And like, you know, say she recently thought, again, I'm going to like link this back to that issue I had at the beginning of 2020. She, I, My chest kind of hasn't felt the same pretty much for a year after that. And she believes that I have like a mild form of asthma as a result. So she gave me all this paperwork to read through. And that to me, I really appreciated that because – you know, that's that's going that extra step. And she's not just looking at you like another number. She's actually putting in some effort. That's my kind of woman. Anyway, basically, um, it's, it's a matter of shopping around and finding the right fit for you. Don't just settle for the one. If it does, if you see that it's not working and if you don't really feel comfortable and you don't think that they're really doing the right thing by you, um, go, go somewhere else. Now, take that as a form of self-care too, like one that's necessary to live your best life. Once you find the right person, you know, this self-care can include scheduling wellness checks, getting your bloods checked regularly, doing overall checks, um, attending to the things that require your attention. As humans, we're pretty funny. We tend to ignore what's happening internally and only focus on the externals. So, for example, your skin gets bad or, you know, you break out or whatever. You book in a facial, spend hundreds of dollars on masks and, you know, skin treatments and whatnot. Your hair ends up looking dull and you're like, oh, shit, I've got to get to my hairdresser, dye it, cut it, whatever. Restyle it. But when it comes to things like, you know, vitamin D problems or iron deficiencies or, you know, anything that kind of isn't as visible or in your face, then you're like, oh, yeah, you know, I'll get to it eventually. Now, for me, I'm I'm not a huge fan of over-medicating or turning to meds for everything. Um, I think you need a healthy balance of things. When you need meds, take them. When you can... Um, use you know less I guess harmful things then go for the less harmful turn to natural remedies like why not why not try the less harmful option first and if you see that it's not working turn to meds it's all about finding the right thing for you um now at the same time I don't 
I'm not saying to go to the doctor for every minor problem. Use your common sense, you know. Um, stay on top of your health, but also put in the effort yourself. Um, if you're just constantly swallowing up your antibiotics, pills of any sorts, antidepressants, anti-anxiety meds, like without getting to the core of your problems, researching in depth and making the necessary dietary and lifestyle changes, you're doing nothing for your health, like literally nothing. It's a Band-Aid solution that will eventually just peel off. Um, There's three of the most important preventative measures for health that I believe, and they are diet, exercise and mindfulness Um, I'll discuss the importance of all and I'll explain why I believe that they are necessary preventative measures um, in the long run firstly the healthy diet this is probably the toughest especially for someone like me who works in hospitality and has the appetite of like a 45 year old father of five Um, we overconsume food, we overconsume crap or food full of crap pretty much, um, you know, food that's full of antibiotics, hormones, preservatives, refined sugars, colours, like you name it. And that's not our fault. That is society and the way things have turned. But you need to be aware of what exactly you're bringing into your body. Now, I know that body positivity at, um, in this day and age is super trendy and I'm all for loving yourself and having a positive body image. But when we start telling people that all sizes are healthy, reality is heavily distorted. Like, yes, you can be a beautiful person at any size, but you can't be severely underweight or morbidly obese and healthy, no matter how badly that glossy cover of Cosmopolitan um, magazine tries to convince you otherwise. That might sting, but it's a reality that we unfortunately need to accept. Right now, like I'm overweight, I don't feel 100% comfortable and I'm working on it. I can sit here and cry victim, slap on a Band-Aid solution. I don't know, I can maybe turn to Facetune and read body positivity quotes or temporarily forget about it or I can own it and do something about it. Our relationship with food and our weight requires a lot of work. Um, that relationship becomes a lot healthier when we start viewing food as fuel. I don't always do that, but I keep trying to remind myself of it. You know, This fuel helps our body function to the best of its ability. It revives us rather than makes us feel exhausted and heavy. Now, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm a big advocate for balance. Like, Don't completely deprive yourself, but at least spend more time making conscious, healthy choices for your diet that become long-term healthy habits. Cut out as much of the processed crap as you can. Um, Don't rely on these fad diets, slim teas and quick fixes. Like we need lifestyle changes to be made. You know, take it slow and steady, but be determined to make that positive difference for you and, sorry, for your mental and physical health. Um, One thing that's really bugged me during this pandemic is that weight has been seriously overlooked as a contributing factor in how COVID affects us. We've seen proven statistics showing us that overweight and obese people will suffer um, more severe symptoms of COVID and nobody mentions it. Why? Are we avoiding fat shaming? You know, the last thing I listened to on this topic was actually labelled as sizest by some magazine, which is like racist but against people of various sizes. This is absolutely fucking ridiculous. <laughs> like it's, it's a genuine concern worth discussing. People's health risks increase as a result of them being overweight, even underweight. You know, they're at risk of everything. I mean, with the overweight ones, they're at risk of heart disease and diabetes. So instead of 
worrying about fat shaming and feeling shitty about it, I think it's more important that people take some accountability and tackle this problem head on, individually and collectively. You know, ignoring it doesn't help anybody. So if you're genuinely concerned about your health, not just during a pandemic, but in general, you cannot exclude diet from that concern. The food we consume not only affects our weight, but our immunity, our skin, our mood, our energy levels, our overall health, um, which is why it's so important. Now, the other super important preventative measure is exercise and all around movement. We move less and less and become more lazy with time as everything around us becomes more efficient. Cue Uber Eats, online shopping, having everything delivered, taking the easy route or the fast route, drive throughs you name it. Like you cannot deny that we've become more lazy as a society. So now it's more important than ever that we exercise and move. Exercise releases and stimulates endorphins, which are the brain's natural painkiller. Sometimes um, as simple as going for a walk or doing some cardio like swimming stimulates your serotonin, which is a mood stabilizer, and that improves your sleep and reduces anxiety. It's also known as the happy hormone and Lord knows we need plenty of it. Now, we're all human. We have our moments and sometimes our body bodies are crying for rest and recovery um we're lacking the motivation and um even when we do exercise constantly it's humanly impossible to train like a beast every day but that's not the key the most important thing here is that you actually show up and do something no matter how small or short in time consistency is the key it's also essential to set realistic targets for yourself. Like don't start from zero to a hundred, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and there's no need for you to be, so calm down. Um, You know, ask yourself what you can commit long-term consistently. Is it twice a week? Is it once a week? Whatever it is, stick to that and do it for a few weeks. Just be consistent. And when you start getting hooked um, on how good you feel after a walk or a workout, you'll naturally want to increase and repeat that. So find what it is that suits you, works for you, and tackle that head on now for me personally working in hospitality again made it near impossible to manage and manage like and be consistent with my diet and exercise um, as a result my health suffered primarily with weight energy focus and sleep now I'm surrounded by food constantly yes I move around a lot but my stress levels and my adrenaline is ridiculously high I get home late I can't sleep as a result so I'd go to bed at like 2 3 a.m regularly every night for like four years straight I put on 12 kilos since we opened the second restaurant and it just happened so gradually like I bit you know didn't even notice it happening at the beginning um and all my good habits basically slipped from under me now I've honestly felt really shitty about it and this lockdown in particular had me like riding a wave of emotions feeling great most of the time and then hitting some really frustrating lows but I found that there has literally been no better time to get on top of my health. Um, and on top of that, I've been blessed to live by the beach and I'm so grateful for the incredible winter that we just had. It's literally helped pull me out of my rut. My saviors have been vitamin D, a change in diet and exercise. I could have preached this um, before, but um, now that I'm regularly practicing it, like I've noticed a huge difference, not just 
in how I look, but in how my body feels, which is more important to me. Um, you know, if I can't train, I walk. I cook more often. I've even cut back on the amount that I eat. I eat less and healthier. I step out regularly for regularly for fresh air. I go for cold dips and stare out into the vastness of the ocean. I absolutely freeze my little wog ass off, but it's so worth it. Now, on top of the diet and exercise adjustments, the other crucial preventative measure is mindfulness. More broadly, really just taking care of our mind. And when it comes to health, that is probably the part that we abandon most. Um, In fact, more often than not, it's completely ignored and pushed aside. When you don't feel right, your doctor won't ask you about your mental health or dive into the root causes of why you're feeling the way you are. They don't know what to do with that information. So it's probably important that you find yourself a good psychologist. This is normal. Like people really need to stop stigmatizing it as like, oh my God, you only go to the psychology if you're like mentally ill. That's that that's so far from the truth. Like that is pretty much just, you know, that should be part of your self-care routine. That is looking after yourself and putting in effort for yourself. Now, we need to cultivate mindfulness in our daily lives in order to be more relaxed and focused. Mindfulness is simply being present, acknowledging our own senses and the environment around us. And this is often done through meditation. But meditation doesn't just have to be like sitting there really still and switching off completely. It can come in many, many forms. And why is it important? Because in this age of multitasking and distraction where our world is not only frantic but divided and isolated, many people suffer from depression, negative emotions, low attention spans, like the list is endless. Like Our fast-paced society breeds on stress and in recent times, this like fee-based hysteria. Fee literally brings out the worst in humanity. Practicing mindfulness can not only reduce stress, but physical pain, anxiety disorders, symptoms of depression, gut health issues, and a whole bunch of other problems that throw our bodies out of whack. Generally, our physical health is often affected by stress and these mental things that are going on. So like our unhappiness and a variety of our of like other psychological and social factors. These arise um, from complex family dynamics financial strains, social pressures, mood and anxiety disorders, like again, another endless list. Yet a lot of this we battle with mentally and this is why we need to take care of our minds. It's often not visible to the other, you know, to somebody staring at us from the outside. So it's a lot easier to sweep under the rug, cover up and just pretend it's not there. Um, you know, with mindfulness, it requires us to pay attention to our emotional, spiritual and psychological needs. Like sometimes it's as simple as spending time outdoors in nature, slowing down to focus on your breathing and your surroundings. It's hard to try and meditate on your own and it can be quite daunting to attempt to cancel out all the noise. Like there's always so much going on. But, um, you know, you can do things like download an app, like Headspace is a great one. And do something like a guided, like, you know, start off with like a two-minute meditation, go up to five minutes and so forth. Um, You know, if you've got time to aimlessly stroll through Instagram and staring at endless images to switch off, you've got time to do this too. Again, view it as a form of self-care. I can't stress that enough. (laughs) For me, I don't even call it meditation. I just like getting lost in nature and then coming back down to myself You know, I sit amongst the nature, I pay attention to the sky, the birds, I sit or lay on the grass and focus on the environment around me. You know, the earth can actually re-energize you. Um, You can call look into it. It's a thing called earthing or grounding and it's amazing. And if I sound nuts, 
cool. I am nuts, but um, just try it and let me know how you feel. I think all too often we, we're so distracted with everything else that's going on that we don't pay enough attention to our immediate environment, you know. Um, we really need to start focusing on what feeds our energy, lifts our spirits, and then what also drains our energy. Is it specific people, certain topics of conversation, the daily news, people you possibly follow on Instagram, whatever it is, cleanse it write these things down and make conscious decisions to avoid all that drains you or fills you with negative energy. The first step is obviously being aware of it and drawing attention to it. Once you figure it out, you disassociate much easier and let that shit go. If it's things online, you block, clean out that following. Again, take ownership over your diet, your exercise and daily movement, your mindfulness, just like a good spring clean throw out the bad stuff, the shitty habits and all the things that are holding you back. The moment that you accept that this is all in your hands, the faster you achieve your goals and improve your overall holistic health. Ta-da! And that's it for me for now, folks. I'll probably dive into these topics a little bit deeper as we go on. But um, yeah, I think that, that'll do for a first episode on health.